It's time for Inside the MFL, the official sports talk radio show of the Minor Football League. Football fans, this show is for you as we bring you the most up-to-date information from the league's 32 franchises across the country. It's time to get Inside the MFL with your host, Richard Miles Sr. Welcome to another edition of Inside the MFL. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Miles, Sr., CEO, Chairman, and Founder of the Minor Football League. The Minor Football League is the laboratory of change. And when I say the laboratory of change, we want to bring former players from the field to the front office. We want them to get an opportunity for ownership in this league. We talk about generational wealth. We talk about economic development. Also, we have 32 franchises across the country, and we want women at the table. We have two women GMs. We're looking forward to signing uh, more GM. We want more women at the table. This is a table. We want you at this table, not because you're attractive looking or whatever. We want you here because you deserve to be at this table. Uh, women are very innovative, very smart, and we want them in the ta- at the table. So um, I have my co-host today. Where's your? We got a Kelsey alert. Kelsey Nelson. Good morning, Kelsey. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Miles. And happy Saturday to all the listeners. Can't believe we're almost at that special time of year. So just wishing everyone a very special happy holidays. I don't want to hear that. I want somebody gift from everybody. That's the reason <laughs> Christmas come around. I look for gifts. My daughter Abby said, what you, what you going to give me, Dad? I said, well, what you get last year? You forgot. I said, well, there you go. You don't have to say no more. But we have this young lady here today. I mean, the MF, MFL, as I stated, we are the laboratory of change. And we had someone here from down in Atlanta where we have a franchise down there. And we need this kind of collaboration. Won't you introduce her, Kelsey, before we start the program? Yeah, well, I'm so excited to have today's special guest. She is someone I connected with later this year and just honored, honestly, to be connected to such a powerful, dynamic black woman doing amazing things down south in the A. Black girl magic, huh? Black girl magic all around, all around you today, Dr. Miles. Um, But she is extraordinary, obviously flew up here to be with us. Um, She is none other than my soror, Michelle Taylor Willis. She's everything, y'all. I mean, a media conglomerate. She's done commercials. She's done television. She's done TED Talks. I mean, I don't think there's anything Michelle hasn't done. And if that's not enough, she's also a boss mom, also doing a lot in the business world. Um, She's honestly an inspiration to so many. So, so excited to have her. So thank you so much, Michelle, for joining us and welcome to the show and the program. No, thank you. Gosh, that was quite an introduction. I don't know if I can live up to that, Kelsey. (laughs) (laughs) I only speak truth, Michelle. I only speak truth. But again, we're so excited um, and delighted to have you and to share with our listeners some of the great things happening in Atlanta. So first off, Michelle, just to give a little bit more background, tell people kind of how you got started in the media entrepreneur field and how you've really been able to grow that down in Atlanta, which I know is obviously very competitive uh, because I think Atlanta is probably one of the top places that we think of when we think of media and film and especially black excellence happening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So my road to entrepreneurship has, I mean, it's, I've been literally building this since I was probably 15. I got my, yeah. And so for me, the foundation of entrepreneurship really is sales, right? So I started selling when I was 15. I sold insurance for a state farm agent who I still know to this day. She was actually the first, I think the first or the second black woman agent for state farm. Wow. In Jacksonville, Florida. Um, wow. Yeah. And so I say that my entrepreneurial endeavor started there because, again, if you run a business, own a business, found a business, you have to be the best salesperson on the team. 
if you can't sell your company, then you can't expect to hire people that can do it, right? And so the foundation for all of that is sales, and my background really is sales. So I started selling when I was 15, um, graduated from college, went into corporate America in sales. Mm-hmm. And right off the bat, when I was in corporate America, I always had side hustles. I mean, I have had every— Entrepreneur spirit, huh? Oh, yes. I have done everything. So I've done, I, in, in my corporate life, it was always about sales and leadership and training. Um, but in my entrepreneurial life, I mean, I've done, I've had every business. So from a sales perspective, I've sold plumbing, like toilets. Um, I've sold, you know, copper pipe. Uh, you know, wow. yeah, PVC pipe. Um, I used to operate the cherry pickers, you know, the cherry picker you get on to go all the way up to the top in the warehouses and, and get the, you know, get all the stuff off the, the big racks. You well, know? you know, this is DC. This is not a blue collar town. You oh, know, gosh. We, There's plenty you know, of blue collar towns. We, we tend to. Please. But not to knock you. But, uh, but I mean, you said I did. you're from Florida? I'm from Florida. Okay. You ever been to Lakeland, Florida? Of course. That's, that's where, where my Publix family is, from. Publix is headquartered in Lakeland. Okay. Well, my family, that's where my family from. Well, anyway, uh, uh, go ahead. I know if you let your friends interview, Kelsey, but <laughs> when you find people come from Florida, I always say, you know, you ever heard of Lakeland? And I've never never been there, and that's a shame. Yeah, Lakeland is um, not too far from Tampa. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You hear that, Kelsey? See? Uh, now you, you now be you there. Know, yeah, right? <laughs> You're the one that's never been there. Okay. You got to um, find out. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but yeah, so I did all of that. I mean, I sold appliances. I sold phone systems. I sold um, internet. I sold fiber, like black fiber that goes under the ground to light up buildings. I mean, uh, I sold drugs legally. Okay. Because uh, <laughs> I, I, y'all understand what she said. Legally, <laughs> legally, you know, from the CVS. Don't, you know, don't yeah. do that. Legal drugs. Uh, I was in pharmaceutical sales and uh, and then I was in medical device sales. Wow. So, I mean, I literally, so I, mean, I sold everything except okay. copiers. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, let me ask you this. Yeah. Didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. What? Tell us about. You also have a magazine. I do. Uh, down there, and you have a publishing company. Uh, am I mistaken? I, yeah, it's a media company. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Media it started company. as a publishing company okay. when I just had a magazine. But oh, tell us a little bit about that. Yes, I will. Um, so, well, I can, you know what? Let me run into that because I can finish the, how my my entrepreneurial. Kind of journey led me into that media piece. Okay. Um, to answer your question, Kelsey. So, what happened is, as I had all of these, um, as I was working in corporate, I would always start different businesses to see what stuck. <laughs> and the last business I had before I started the magazine was um, medical consulting. I owned a medical consulting company, and we basically set up medical practices all around. Pretty much the southeast. Okay. And I had just finished a brand new practice in Alabama, and somebody called me and asked me if I wanted to buy a magazine. And I was like, I'm in medical because I spent the last 10, 12 years of my career pretty much in the medical space. Mm-hmm. So at the time, I, you know, I had the medical consulting company. I had a... um my husband and I had a, a medical uh, distributorship. Um, I mean, we were in all things medical. So I was like, no, I'm not going to. I don't know anything about magazine. I don't know anything about publishing. I don't know. Like, that's not my field. I'm not going to jump ship. And my business partner at the time said, yeah, you might not know about magazine, 
but you know about sales. And this is why I started off my entrepreneurial journey with sales. Okay. He said, you know about sales and you know about business. Sorry, I'm losing. I've been out like five nights in a row. So I'm losing <laughs> my voice here. Um, but anyway, so he was like, you know about sales and you know, you know about business. Let me send you the numbers. And if you like it, let's partner. We'll buy, we'll purchase this franchise together mm-hmm. and build it. And that is how I got in the magazine. I saw the numbers. Because <laughs> I said no at first. Made sense. And I looked at the numbers. He sent me the spreadsheets and budgets and performance and all that stuff. And then I was like, oh, yeah, we can make some money mm-hmm. doing this. And at the time, Kelsey, you'll appreciate this. Um, at the time, Donald, who's my business partner, he said, when you buy this magazine, when we buy this magazine, the magazine is going to make you a household name in America. This mm-hmm. is the name. That, this is the magazine that's going to put you on the map. And I literally was like, stop being so dramatic. Like, if you want me to buy, <laughs> you want me to buy this with you, you want me to invest in it, it's fine. But you don't have to, I mean, like, really? And, you know, and he, he was right. I mean, the magazine has literally, I mean, we expanded into, obviously, um, TV and radio and billboards now. I mean, um, and then my personal name obviously has... Um, a little bit of credence, you know, and little pockets around the, the nation. But um, but he was right. It all stemmed from me purchasing this magazine. So I say that for a couple of reasons. One, when we talk about entrepreneurship, we really got to talk about sales and how you view sales and how you can sell your product or service to company. The second thing is you really have sometimes, you know, we can be as intentional as we want to be. But sometimes we really have no idea what's in store. Like, we don't know what God is doing. Right. And we we have all the plans in the world. Um, But you really don't know what you're stepping into, especially when you step out on faith. We know there might be greatness or significance attached to it, but we don't know what that looks like. And you really won't until you step out. There's a saying that says, jump off the mountain and grow wings on the way down. <laughs> I never heard that yeah. quite that way, but I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So anyway, so that's how I, that's how I kind of landed here, Kelsey. And- no, I, I love that, Michelle. And, you know, I think there's so many good tidbits in what you're saying. Like you said, I mean, a lot of times you don't know what you can do until you try it, right? right. Sometimes you'll try stuff, you'll be great at it. Sometimes you might be bad at it. But that's kind of, I think, how you learn your strengths and skills. That's also not to say that if you're bad at something that you can't get better at it. And I think there's so much to to hear what you're saying, Michelle. Like, I felt you, because it's funny, like, when I first became, like, an entrepreneur, I didn't see myself as sales, right? I saw myself as marketing, communications, branding. Right, right, right. But as I've grown in that field, as someone who doesn't have an agent, you know, as someone who is a freelancer and works for different people, but also has my own business, I have to sell every day, Mm -hmm. right? I'm selling myself, I'm selling what I do, and I have to make people buy into it. And that's kind of where the marketing and branding also comes in. So I think, you know, what you're saying is, I think people realize a lot of us are salespeople, but you might not just think of yourself, you know, that way. But that's kind of why you have to open and change your vision. And I think that's why we quickly connected and talking about vision, Dr. Miles, and, you know, purpose. I mean, you and Michelle connected because you were telling her about a franchise that's right in her neck of the woods yeah. that you have yep. in your Georgia Warriors. And I think this is, like you said, I, I am a person that is a woman of faith. I don't believe God makes mistakes. And I think that's why he brought us all together. And so, Dr. Miles, I think it'd be great if you could share more of your vision. And so, obviously, the Georgia Warriors franchise and how you hope to grow that um, down in Atlanta and more. And then also tie that into your journey as well as an entrepreneur and a man who stepped out 
on faith, mm-hmm. you know, at a time when mm-hmm. many people told you that this league could not work. Right. And now you're 30 years in the game. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And and I'm glad you uh, mentioned that because a lot of people, uh, you have a lot of naysayers and those are the most dangerous people that you can be uh, around because they're going to always tell you what you can't do. And it's obvious you didn't pay any, any attention to that. You know, oh, yeah. and I tell people all the time, a person that don't go far will never know how far they can go. So in saying that, uh, you know, we have a franchise down there, the, the Georgia Warriors. We, you know, we need uh, connections. And I know one thing about the South. If you don't know somebody, cousin, uncle, brother, you ain't get nothing done in the South. <laughs> as simple as that. So uh, I just thought it would be a great fit uh, when uh, uh, we met with each met you and stuff, and you was telling us all the things that you do. I'm just learning all the things that you did. You know, I, I'm not, I wasn't privileged to that, but more importantly, the fact that you know, I think this will be a great alliance because we have a franchise there. And what you do is is very important because people know you don't know me. I, people I know don't know you. Right, and right. Mr. Uh, Chuck Ballo down there, the GM we have down there, he's well connected from down there because he grew up down there mm-hmm. and his family very um, well known. So I can't wait to for all of us to get together and collaborate on what we're going to do in terms of that franchise being there. Absolutely. I'm really excited about it. And I got to say, too, I love the fact that you literally, 30 years ago, you know, you jumped off the mountain and you grew wings on the And then grow the wings. I ain't growing. I hit the ground. (laughs) I'm feeling it now. But more importantly, I I really (laughs) want to. (laughs) You know, because, you know, people always say that, you know, you can't do something and here's 30 years later. uh, Because I always say, if God for you, everybody can be against you. It doesn't matter. And right Right. now, uh, people don't see uh, your vision, what you see all the time. And, and, and that's not to say, and even with, uh, people of color. And, you know, I tell people all the time, because you're my complexion, I don't make you my kind. So that means that, you know, we're going to have problems within ourselves right then and there because a lot of people, well, why are you doing this? And this, yeah. the NFL is there. Hey, that's the NFL. That's why the NFL, the initials say NFL, really, it means not for long. That's what it means. <laughs> but the MFL, the, the MFL logo tell you, MFL, money for life if you own one. Because now we're talking about generational wealth, which we can pass. But I want to get in a little more with you, uh, uh, Kelsey, and, and, and along with you. And we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and we'll jump back on this, okay? Love it. You'll listen to another edition of Inside the MFL. We'll be right back. Experience the MFL. How can we experience the MFL? The minor football league. Here's information on how you can experience the MFL. The minor football league was established in 1993 by founder and CEO Dr. Richard D. Miles Sr., a league created for the people and by the people. To learn more on how you can experience the MFL with the MFL team in your area, visit experiencethemfl.com or go to The MFL is Here. The MFL, the laboratory of change. Copyright MFL. No portion of this audio may be reproduced or re-recorded without the written permission from the Minor Football League. Visit experiencethemfl.com. This is a Mad Voice production.
Welcome back to another edition of Inside the MFL. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Miles, Sr., CEO, Chairman, and Founder of the Minor Football League. The Minor Football League, League is the laboratory of change. And we have the we have a Kelsey Nelson watch. She's here, believe it or not, y'all. Uh, she's not really here <laughs> so you know, in, in terms of being <laughs> in the studio. But, hey, we got her along with uh, our, our special guest this morning. And uh, we'll, we'll just pick up on what I, where I left off on if you take it from there, Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey? Yeah, I know, Dr. Miles, you were sharing how you took, you said you fell off the mountain, but obviously it's something you were on the wings <laughs> to rise back up. The I'm still <laughs> hurt. where you are now. Yeah, but, you know, I think there's so much to be, you know, learned from this. I think all of us are, are talking as black people in this country, you know, in a world where a lot of us aren't taught to be entrepreneurs and to go out on our own. You know, I think many of us grew up in households, and it's not bad, but, you know, we're told to kind of go work for somebody else and that kind of be what you do. Um, for the rest of your life. But, you know, Dr. Miles, you talk a lot about building generational wealth. And one of the best ways is to do that is to build something yourself, right, when you can have right. that control. Um, and I think that's so important, again, hearing that. Because for me, I know I didn't really see myself as an entrepreneur because I thought I had to work for somebody to make money, you yeah. know. Because that's what yeah. you're taught. That's what you're taught. And all of this has been a journey for me. I've learned a lot. There's things I wish I knew. But I know all of us, especially now, are able to be in a position where we're also able to give back and teach young people. Like, Michelle, I'm sure you're teaching your children. And they get to see yes. it every day through you, yeah. you know, what yeah. they can potentially do. And B, but Michelle, I'd love for you to kind of just give us more of a layout. Dr. Miles talked about the Georgia Warriors franchise, yeah. you know, in Atlanta. You've been in Atlanta. You know the area well. Talk about how a league like the MFL, uh, you know, a franchise like the MFL could really prosper in a place like Atlanta. And why ATLians, I don't even know if y'all call it. I said that on social media. I don't know if people really call yeah, themselves that. I don't that know if we, don't know if we do behind. that anymore. <laughs> kind of like Atlanta. We're not doing that anymore. I haven't been there in too long. So I got to go back. That means I have to make a trip back. <laughs> yeah, you got to so go why back. they should get behind the MFL and what Dr. Miles is trying to build for, you know, not just young black men and black women, but really for the community down yeah. there to get behind and rally behind this team. Yeah. So here's the thing about Atlanta, which I'm on now. Obviously, I'm not an Atlanta native. I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. All of my Duval people out there, you know where that is, aren't you, Dr. Miles? Don't even try it. I just told you. I don't. My father was born in Lakeland, Florida. I've never been there. I've been to all parts of Florida, but, but not there. But you've heard of Jacksonville. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. Duval. You know Duval, Dr. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I'm and just, sorry, you know. Michelle, that my Ravens just had to beat up on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Gosh, that was, that the, man, I don't know what happened <laughs> well, you know to what the happened. Jaguars you got beat up. that day. You know what? Okay, all right. We're not talking about that. <laughs> no, we're not. Kelsey, we're talking about the MFL, not the <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but here's what I learned about Atlanta. I've been there 18 years now, almost uh, a little over 17. And Atlanta is a place where, like, anybody literally can do anything. Um, you have an idea, you can start it. You need to get involved with a group, you can. You need to, I mean, you have a dream, you can connect with people and they can help you execute on it. I mean, Atlanta really is kind of like this um special place. Now, it's a special place for a lot of other reasons, too, which we're going to keep this positive. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we're not going to talk about all of that. Yes. But Atlanta is really, it's, it's, it's like a mecca for anything. And, and just like any other place, right, or any other golden opportunity, you can kind of use the powers for good or for evil. So, you know, obviously there's a lot of people in Atlanta, just like anywhere else, um, that might be using their powers for evil. But most of what I encounter in Atlanta, real talk, is people using their powers for good. Okay. And so you get these 
people with different ideas that make them happen in Atlanta. I mean, 10 years ago, there wasn't a tech space in Atlanta. And now Atlanta is like the center for black tech and black startups. Wow. Right? So I say all that, Kelsey, to juxtapose that to, you know, how I'd answer your question is that it makes sense that the MFL would have a franchise in Atlanta because it's a place where you can make anything happen, but it's also a place where you can find um, other people with whom to convene Mm -hmm. And, you know, that can help you be a catalyst to get just about anything going. Um, and Atlanta, too, is, is kind of like a place of firsts, you know, the first this, the first that, the first football league. Right. I mean, all of these things can happen in Atlanta. So it makes perfect sense that you'd have a franchise down there and you'd be starting something new or doing something different or something that most people or no one has ever done before. It makes sense that Atlanta would be that place because Atlanta's a hotspot for that. Does that make sense, Kelsey? Absolutely. It okay, makes perfect sense. sense, you know? Yeah. And I, like you said, I think Atlanta, like, I feel like from the outside, like, you know, Atlanta is a place where things are happening. Yeah. Michelle, that's what I'm hearing you yeah. say. And the sports yeah. teams there, I think, have been evident of that. But, you know, and I think people forget sports is a blend of, you know, it really ties into culture. And I think a sports franchise ties in perfectly to the culture that's been established, you know, in Atlanta. And Dr. Miles, I mean, I know you did the feasibility study out there before putting the franchise, but it seems like Atlanta Which is, is a, very a place smart. where a franchise, yeah, can quickly really grow. Right, Dr. Miles? Absolutely. And, you know, we do a feasibility study everywhere we go sometime, uh, you know, uh, you know, sometimes things don't fit. It's not where you, although you want to go there. It's not where but you should if be. But if yeah. it's not where you should be, it's no use to trying to. And then you have to look at the MFL. We don't have a lot of opportunity to make a lot of mistakes. You know, we got to get mm -hmm. it on the first go. And sometimes people might not be ready for certain things. Not saying that's not good, but they're not ready for it. Sure. And, and sometimes you have to go elsewhere. And it was important that uh, Mr. Chuck, Dr. Chuck Barlow down there and his family will make a difference in, you know, uh, collaborating with your organization and your um, your uh, network and, and magazine. I, I think it will be uh, pay a uh, heck of a dividends in terms of what we're trying to do as a league because, you know, and I tell everybody, you know, football is something that sports in general, you know, as you know, we as people of color, the biggest consumers in America, and we have nothing to show for it yet. Yep. And yep. one of the biggest commodities in America is sports. You're talking about trillion dollars a year industry yeah. in which we have no ownership or no partnership. Now, you have some celebrities, they might own 3 or 5%. Really, that's nothing. You know, you're not going to be up in the box where the owner's at. You're going to be sitting in seats and, and, and places that regular people can sit, really. So it's nothing like owning your own. That's and right. that's what we want to do with the MFL. We want to uh, give people an opportunity to own these franchises. You know, remember now, and, you know, and I'm just going back. I'm dating myself now. The NFL, 20, 30 years ago, or even farther, is nowhere near where it's at today. Right. Uh, because uh, uh, we, we're talking about how things change. I remember when they got their first uh Contract from NBC, uh, but sixty four thousand. You can't get wow. nothing in the NFL as far as sponsorship for that. Right. If you ain't spending two or three million dollars, they don't want your business. So I, I, I say that to say 
This is affordable entertainment, mm. the key to affordable entertainment. Then you give guys an opportunity you don't find outside of college or professional football. And I tell guys all the time, it's not that you're not good enough to play in the NFL. It's not enough room. Come on. NFL franchise, 32 franchises. You have thousands of colleges around the country, and then you do the math. You yeah. know what I mean? So we got yeah. to stop. And it's all right. There's nothing wrong with dreaming about playing in the NFL. But as you know and I know, there's nothing wrong with dreaming, but apparently you have to wake up from the dream. It's just simple as that. Right. So to help build something that's here, and uh, we as people of color never get the credit we deserve because the AFL had not been for HBCUs, they would have— they would never exist because the NFL had a moratorium on players. So he couldn't, um, when Lamar Hunt started the Kansas City Chiefs, he couldn't go to the white universities and get players because the NFL already had a moratorium on that. But what saved him, where he go? To the HBCUs. And you look at all these Hall of Famers, they come out of HBCU schools. It's as simple as that. Now, uh, you know, people, I get this question all the time. Well, why are these guys' sons are not going to HBCUs? Come on. You want the best for your kids. You had it rough, but you want to make things a lot better for your kids, right? That's why now, but you do, you do see that shift, right, Kelsey? You find a lot of kids are going back to the HBCU school, and yeah. I'll let you uh, expand on that a little more because you're an authority on that, even though you went to BWI. I won't say nothing about <laughs> you, but uh, even at, That's at, okay, at the Kelsey, school. I did too. We're good. We're good. So, We're good. so uh, you want to expand on it's that a little off. more? Yeah, no, I think what you're touching on is, is really important, especially talking to Michelle, since she is in a place where so many great HBCUs are in Atlanta. And I think, you know, as you look at the, the minor football league and you're talking about something really important and something that I've had a chance to cover, unfortunately, is actually, Dr. Rose, you talk about the HBCU players that are in the Hall of Fame and we're seeing growth in HBCUs and we see HBCU sports being talked about more, right? Just covered Coppin State's game versus LSU, talking about an HBCU. But what we're seeing is there's less HBCU players drafted in the NFL draft. And so there's a whole movement. If you go on social media, hashtag draft HBCU players. Because mm. what's happened is, as in yeah. recent years, we've actually had a draft where no HBCU players were drafted. And we know the talent yeah, there. Crazy. So it's a problem. And so I think actually in talking to Michelle, I think, again, she's the perfect person to talk to because you're talking about putting a franchise or you have a franchise in a place where so many, not even just H, regular H, I mean, HBCUs are, are well-known. Um, you know, in Atlanta, and I think a, a mecca in the place where I think Atlanta is, to me, probably one of the first cities you think about, again, when you think about black excellence, not just in the classroom, but in, on the football field, right, or on the volleyball court, or wherever it is, Dr. Mouse. So I think there's a great opportunity for the NFL to especially be that league that openly and honestly takes HBCU talent to another level in the professional ranks. Absolutely. And I want people to also understand, there's not the Negro Leagues now, but I want people to understand <laughs> that we want to give uh, HBCU players an opportunity that they're really not getting. And people don't want to admit that, but it's crazy. But yeah, I still want people to know this is not the Negro Leagues. I mean, the league is open for everybody of different nationalities, but more importantly, and you know, I'm going to take this step and I'm going to look out for our people as well, because everybody else look out for their different nationalities, but at the same time, I don't want them to think that we're precious by no way. Now, we got a couple of minutes here, and I want to give it to you, young lady. Tell us why you think this would be a perfect fit down there. Well, let me ask you this real quick. Can you tell, because I've got um, my live going and some listeners too, but I want to give people a really good sense, Kelsey and Dr. Miles, of what the MFL is. Like, what? how does it work? How do you, you know what I mean? Can you give us a little bit of that? 
I mean, you don't have to invent the wheel. The, the MFL, if you, if you go to our website, make sure people go to mflishere.com and you look at it. We set up, we play a 10 game schedule, five at home, five at home, five away and five at home. Each division, we set up in division just like the NFL is. Each division is sending a champion to the playoffs, okay? More importantly, we put in 16 franchises in Africa, going to be the first World Bowl ever. You know, uh, now you'll get the champion from Africa, play the champion over here. The first World Bowl will would be unique. More importantly, we want people to understand the MFL, and it's no joke, you know, most people fail because they try to be the NFL. The NFL is who they are, we who we are. We don't pay players because we the first developmental league in the country, but we have a million dollar worth of insurance on the players because you still got to work. You know, this is not your full-time job. We take care of the traveling expenses, we take care of the hotel, we provide the uniform, we provide we provide everything but pay guys, but with this uh, um, new uh, NIL thing coming out. Most guys can get companies to sponsor them, you know, in terms where they could make a little money, where they could put, you know, uh, the different companies on our stuff. We, we're on our jerseys. We'll do that. We, we're definitely considering that because the MFL, like I said, we are the laboratory of change, if that makes sense to you. Absolutely. So how do players, is there a draft? Do we have tryouts try out? just like the NFL, just Got like it. college. We do the same thing. We have tryouts. Matter of fact, it'll be going up on the social media in the next month or so. We'll start drafting. But the main thing, this is not a cattle call. And for those who don't know what that is, that's when you have different leagues get these players to come out and they trial them out to pay their money, travel and everything. And they tell them, we'll get back with you uh, in a month or so. We didn't do that. We signed the players that day. Right really? there. You sign the players to a contract and everything that day. And they're ready to go. We put the picture up on the social media. This is what particular franchise signed who. So, and so it's does not each that. franchise do it on the same day? Uh, no, or? that's impossible to do it on the same well, day. I mean, because a lot of people want to see us. The MFL front people come down there. You have an have opportunity to see me and, and yourself and sponsor. We'll be down there and we'll uh, we'll do the, uh, the, uh, the combine and we'll sign people there. More important, we want to keep guys in the areas that they live in. You don't have to travel way up here to the Washington Chiefs to play. You have a franchise there. We want to keep the players in their area. Got you. So, and you have thirty-two franchises, right? Absolutely. So you go whenever it's time for the yeah. We start traveling and you and just go to each combine. one and do that. Yeah, wow. Absolutely. Wow, that's dope. Okay. Okay. Well, look. Uh, I want to thank you, Kelsey Nelson. Kelsey Nelson, watch y'all. I want to thank you for being on <laughs> the show this morning. Me. Thanks uh, for having you, Michelle. No, thank you, Kelsey. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you, Dr. Miles, for the opportunity to come and learn more about you and talk a little bit. It's been a while since I've been in the studio. So. Okay, great. All right, you've been listening to another edition of Inside the MFL. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Inside the MFL with Dr. Richard Miles Sr. For more information, visit their page on DC Radio. Radio.gov.